Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from the Gospel lesson just read, especially these words from our Lord Jesus. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Thus far, our text. <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, Jesus talks about peace in our gospel lesson, but the reality in our world is that peace is kind of a slippery thing, isn't it? We talk a lot about it, but we never really experience it. The Beatles sang songs about peace. We couldn't even spend time with one another in the recording studio without fighting, quitting, arguing, perhaps even a few times fighting physically. Peace. My children, the oldest of them is nine, have not lived in a time where our country has not been at war. Their entire life, we've been fighting somewhere overseas. In fact, we haven't really been at peace as a country since the very beginning of my senior year of high school. It's kind of sobering to think about, isn't it? Especially considering the words of Jesus. spoken almost 2,000 years ago. Peace, peace I leave with you. Really? Where? I mean, we have those conflicts that I've just mentioned. A few years after Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead and ascended into heaven people of Israel were wiped off the map by Roman armies. There were the Crusades, the Thirty Years' War, the Hundred Years' War, World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea. The wars against Napoleon, The wars between France and England in the 1700s fought even here in the United States before it was the United States. The Spanish Armada, France versus Germany. Who knows how many other wars? Peace. 
Would you say that we have peace here now when our congressmen and women won't miss an opportunity to tear down, destroy the reputation of their opponent? Peace. Families that literally hate each other, bickering and fighting for every day. Brothers and sisters who won't speak to each other. Husbands and wives who abuse each other physically and verbally. Families that live on opposite sides of the country on purpose. Won't speak for decades. <clears throat> Peace. Neighbors who yell at each other and fight, perhaps even pulling down fences or trees that they believe cross some sort of imaginary property line. States that fight over water rights. We have too much water. We have not enough water. Farmers who squabble about the drift of pesticides and herbicides. Peace? McDonald's versus Burger King, cats versus dogs. Where is this peace? Because you promised, Jesus. Because the truth is that each one of us, in some way or another, will take advantage of some opportunity for conflict. To argue, to fight, to injure, to murder, to hate. Where is peace? Well, yeah, sure, Pastor. That's what it's like outside the church. But we know that within the church there's peace. We know that's not true, don't we? In the church there always seems to be some sort of conflict brewing whether it's the small things like who cleans the coffee maker at church, who gets it started at the right time before services, what color should we paint the walls, what sort of carpet should be on the floor. Or it could be the big things. How often should the Lord's Supper be celebrated? Who should be the next synod president? Who should be on the board of elders? How will we pay the bills? There's not peace in the church either, is there? 
So-and-so should be giving more. So-and-so asks dumb questions during Bible study. So-and-so dresses the wrong way for church. The sermons are too long. The air's too cold. The air's too warm. Peace at church? Not hardly. Peace? Dear Christians, our lives are not peaceful. And the reason that's the case is because of this. We are sinners. And everybody else outside the walls of the church, they are sinners. Every single person in this world is sinful. And sinners love to be at conflict with other sinners. Even as it wears them down, as it keeps them up at night, as it wearies their souls. The church is full of sinners and not at peace. Our local government is full of sinners and not at peace. Our neighborhoods are full of sinners and not at peace. Our families are full of sinners and not at peace. Where is the peace Jesus promised? Where? Dear friends, it's not peace in this world that Jesus has promised. It's a completely different kind of peace that we receive from our Lord. Hear Christ's words again. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Jesus gives a peace that this world cannot understand or hold on to or bring about by its own works. Peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that the world's conflicts cannot take away. It's a peace that in fact has its source outside of this sinful world. It's a peace that comes only from Jesus. It's a peace that he is eager to give. The peace of Jesus is a strangely one peace. It's a peace that came about because of suffering, bleeding, dying, 
all done by the only begotten Son of God made flesh. The peace that Christ promised comes from his last words, his dying breath. It is finished. What is finished? Sin. It's paid for. All of it. There's not a sin that you have committed, are committing, or will commit that Christ has not paid for by his bloody death and glorious resurrection. It is finished. That's a word that he has spoken over all conflict, struggles, and fighting in your life. It's a peace that is yours now, even as we do not fully understand it or realize it. It's a peace that comes from God, which sustains us day to day in this life and into the life that is to come. It's a peace that's not as the world gives. The peace of Christ does not mean that you will never have conflict in your life here on earth. But what the peace of Jesus means is this. When conflict arises, when your neighbor hurts you or you hurt your neighbor, you can remember this fact. Christ has died for all sin. The sin of your neighbor, the sin of you. It is paid for. And so now you're free to forgive that neighbor. You're free to leave the conflict behind without having to be the victor, without having to put the other person down. You might be wronged in this world, but Christ has promised something way better than you could ever lose here and now. The peace of Jesus creates a foundation for mutual forgiveness and peace. If you have been forgiven your sin, why cannot you forgive the trespasses of your neighbor? Do you not pray for that in the Lord's Prayer? It's a peace. It means the brothers and sisters sitting here in the pews next to you, though just as guilty of conflict as you are, are also just as forgiven, just as loved by God as you are. The promise that Christ has made to you, he's made to all. And so you're free to remind each other of that love. Free to share God's peace even when you don't want to. It's a peace that allows you 
even to forgive the person who made the coffee too strong or too weak. peace of Jesus isn't just for you and your families and here in the church. It's a peace that's for the whole world as well. A peace that is promised that means all sin for all people have been forgiven, even if they don't know it. And so you are free to spread that peace, the message of Christ, so that we can gain our former enemies as brothers and sisters so that we can really be in harmony, united confession, so that we might really live in the words and promises that God gives to us. Peace, I leave with you, Jesus says. My peace, I give to you. It's a peace won on a cross. A peace delivered in word and sacrament. A peace that's washed away your sins. A peace that feeds you with the blessed food of life. Peace given to you out of love from God. Dear Christians, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You have God's peace, you always shall. Nothing can take it from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.